your grace is enough, Lord. It's more than enough, Lord. And we thank you this morning for your grace, Lord. Oh, Father God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you know every situation in this place, Lord, and that your grace is enough, Lord. Your grace is enough, Lord. Oh, you've covered us with your blood, Jesus. And we thank you and we rejoice this morning, Lord, that you're more than enough, Lord. You're more than enough, Lord, for every situation we walk through, Lord. Now, Father God, come. Holy Spirit, come and have your way in us. Oh, we desire you, Lord. We desire you, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. Rule and reign in this place, Lord. Rule and reign in our hearts and in our lives, Lord. Oh, Lord, speak through Pastor Paul. Holy Spirit, speak through him. Flow in him, Lord. Oh, have your way, Lord. Let the word of the Lord be in his mouth, Lord. Give us ears to hear it and hearts to receive it, Lord. Because we long for you, Lord, and we want to be changed by you, Lord. Come and have your way, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you. You may be seated. God bless you for being here. Kind of a loud morning, wasn't it, with all the thunder and lightning? I would encourage you, even though we're not having the big event, it's just too wet outside and it's supposed to keep raining all day and we're going to be out on the grounds and in the grass and it's just just too wet. So I'd encourage you, please, find a life group to be a part of. As Pastor Zach was saying, it is, uh, it's vital that you get to be a part of the body. We're going to see that this morning. If you would, if you brought your Bibles with you, I want you to turn with me to Ephesians 3. Ephesians chapter 3. The title of this sermon is called, The Church is Going to Win. It's not, it's not a question. It's a fact. The church is going to win. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. Now this morning I'm going to be reading a little bit out of the King James, a little bit out of the New King James. So uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the what? The church. The church, the manifold wisdom of God. According to what? Everybody say the next two words. Are, are you guys here this morning? Thank you. Is that where I was? Where am I? I'm saying, where are you? Where am I? Let's start again. To the intent that now, you know what? I needed to change the page, didn't I? That's why you bring your Bibles. Somebody bring their Bible one time. To the intent that now unto the principalities and powers and heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the what? <laughs> there we go. Somebody bring their Bible. You know, not always are you going to have a screen in front of you. Are you here this morning? Well, it's King James. There's probably a King James in your, uh, right there in your pew. All right, I'm going to relax. Everybody, I feel like I'm a little bit, uh, I don't know what's going on. I feel like the Lord is absolutely revealing himself to me this morning um, with us being around the throne of God and you know what, as your pastor, I kind of want everybody to be where I am. And that may be a little bit of an unfair um, um, unfair situation to put you in. 
But I want you to know I believe the Spirit of God is here. And He desires for us to act accordingly. When we come into the throne room of God, that we act accordingly. And He's given us instruction on how to act there. And we read that in Revelation 8 this morning. I don't know if you knew that's where I was reading from, but that was Revelation 8. And the Lord loves us to respond around His throne the way He wants us to respond. Are you with me? According to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. In whom we, which is who? In whom the church. You remember before it said the church, the manifold wisdom of God. In whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith, by the faith of him. Keep on going. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at, at my tribulations for you, which is your glory. Now verse 11, let's go back, is so powerful. It is so powerful. I want to give you a word this morning that I'm going to entitle, The Church is Going to Win. The Church Will Win. You see, what's going to happen if you're a believer is not according to happen chance or happenstance or it just happens to happen. Things don't, it's not, there are no coincidences. We want to believe that there are coincidences. Well, if, if you believe in the sovereignty of God and you believe He's in control, there are no coincidences. It doesn't just happen. It's not according to good luck or bad luck or karma or whatever you want to call it. In the life of the believer, there is only the eternal purpose of God. We're a part of the eternal purpose of God and the eternal eternal purpose of God cannot be defeated, will not be defeated. I read where Paul in the book of Acts in Acts 17, 28, and he was teaching and he said, as the poet, as the poet says, says, for in him we live and move and have our being as certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also his offspring. I'm kind of leading you up because I want to read a poem to you. It's a poem that I heard the other day. It says, On the coral reef the breakers recoil in shattered foam, yet still the sea behind them urges its forces on. Its chance of triumph surges, though all the thunderous dens, through all the thunderous dens, the wave may break in failure, but the tide is sure to win. O mighty sea, thy message is true within God's plan. It matters not at... At last, how evil or how strong the reef of sin. The wave may be defeated, but the tide is sure to win. I love this picture that the writer paints. It said that he stood on the shoreline and looked out at the vast sea. He saw how how it would mount against its assault with mighty waves roaring in. And the reef would stand there and the rocky shoreline would stand there in defiance. And it was almost as as though the waves, they were mounting. They were pulling back and mounting and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And the surge was growing more powerful, swelling to great strength. And it was almost as though the waves were saying, I see you, mountain. I see you, shoreline. I may not have gotten you the last time, but this time I'm going to get you. I may have crashed the last time in defeat, but this time I'm more powerful and I'm going to get you. 
you could see with great energy these waves as they would mount up and rise with great power. Only to hit those mountains and, and reefs and scatter and just disappear. Have you ever sat there and watched? Uh, we, we go to the beach a lot, but have you ever gone to the beach where there's some, some the, the beach comes up against, the ocean comes up against mountains or there's some rocks? We've seen it in a few places where we've been. And the water just sits there and crashes into this silvery spray and then disappears, pulls back, only to do it again. Everybody with me? All right. But it's almost as though that the wave is coming back in this poem and saying, I know that that failed before. I know that that one failed before me, but I'm mighty. And mountain, reef, I know you think you can stop me, but you can't stop me. I'm going to crush you. Only to fade back into nothingness. And it seems like failure. Now, Pastor, where are you going? Just hang in there with me. And it seems like the shoreline of sin is so strong. You see this, this, uh, how strong the reef of sin. You don't know, you, you know, you know what things that you failed before. And this time we're thinking, I know this time I'm going to defeat it because I'm going to get through this problem only to swell up with momentum crash and hit it in failure again have you been hitting up against sin or things in your life that you can't seem to get through you keep mounting up and hitting it again you keep mounting up and hitting it again you keep mounting up and hitting it again the truth is if we will stay connected to the tide if 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 we will stay connected to the tide which is god's eternal purpose And even if we have had these individual setbacks and you may be going through a season right now where you're defeated and you have failed and you have tried and you keep thinking, surely I'm going to win this time. Surely I'm going to win this time. Only to crash against it and to get defeated again. If only the water will keep going back to the tide, if only the water will keep going back to the ocean, it may not get there overnight. It may not happen instantly. The wave may crash in failure, but the church is going to win. There is life when you are connected. Have you ever tried to, have you ever caught something living in the ocean? You keep it in a bucket and you keep it separated from the ocean. What's going to happen? It's going to die. Even though everything in that water is there to give that animal life, it can't live. It will die. We are not called to be out here and be this individual wave that keeps crashing, keeps trying to do our own thing. We are called to fall back into that corporate ocean. Fall back into this corporate church. And I'm going to show you. The church has a purpose and the church is going to win. Jesus Christ died for his church. And the church is going to win. There is benefit to church. Amen. As long as I keep going back, even after my setbacks and my failures and my defeat, if I will keep going back to the purpose of God, if I will keep going back and I'm drawn to him, if I don't allow my failures to call me, cause me to fall out with God, if I don't get mad and give up and quit because I fell down, but I keep going back, but I stay in the eternal purpose God has planned no defeat for his people. He said, upon this rock, 
I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Matthew 16, 18, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against what? The church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Which tells me if I will stay connected to the corporate ocean, if I will not give up on God, if I will keep pursuing after him within the church and within my life, the gates of hell shall not prevail against me. Church, I'm trying my best to encourage you this morning. This is an uh, an encouraging word. Defeat is not even in the vocabulary of God. And you can't judge everything by the way it looks right now. If you keep going back to God, and I don't care how shattered you are. I don't care how broken and defeated you feel. If you'll keep running back to God because of His eternal purpose, Romans 8, 28, we all know this, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are called according to His purpose. His purpose. I know you think, I've lost the battle, devil. But it's not who wins the battle. It's who wins the war. And the war has already been won by the eternal purpose of God. Church, I need you to get excited this morning because we've got victory coming. And you've got victory coming in your life. And if you can get a hold of this, you will be unstoppable. Am I ever going to make it? Am I ever going to win? If you won't quit, you can't lose. If you won't give up, if you'll keep running back to the mercy seat, if you'll keep saying, Lord, I didn't conquer it this time, but here I come again. Here I come again. I haven't gotten off drugs yet, but here I come again. I haven't gotten off alcohol yet, but here I come again. Oh, Lord, give me the power this time. I tell you that all things work together. Even your failures for the good of those who are attached to his eternal purpose. The church is going to win. You know how, you know, as long as that wave falls back into the corporate ocean, as long as it stays connected to the corporate ocean, it's going to be just fine. It will always overcome. Scripture says that we are more than uh, overcomers. It says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. First Corinthians fifteen twenty five says, For he must reign till he has put all enemies, say all enemies, under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. Present tense. Doesn't say he put all things under his feet. He has put. Present tense. What I'm saying to you is that you may feel like you've got these things going in your life, these enemies, these situations, these adversaries that you're dealing with, and you're hitting up against them and crashing in failure. But Jesus, the one whom you're connected to and his purpose for your life, and you're a person of purpose if you have Christ Jesus in your heart. You may think you have no purpose. If, you have, if you've asked Jesus into your heart, you have purpose. That's why I can praise him when I don't feel like it. 
That's why I can shout even when it looks like I've lost. That's why I can take hope and take faith even when the enemy of life whispers, you're a failure. You know, I can remember as a child going to the beach. And I wasn't a big sandcastle builder, but I did build a few every now and then. But now my children build them. And it's funny to watch them build them. And it's usually my youngest ones. And then the waves start coming in. Mommy, Daddy, help. Not a whole lot I can do for you. <laughs> There's, I can't stop that. Here it comes. They're yelling, my castle, my castle. We build our little castles and we yell, my kingdom, my kingdom. All these nations, the haughtiness of people, the laws that we are passing right now, the way we act like God's word doesn't matter anymore. Let me tell you something. The church may look like it's a little hidden wave against a mighty rock of culture that has forgotten God. And it may look like that we have lost our punch and that we're failures. But the truth is, we are connected to the eternal purpose of God. It may feel like we've lost our effectiveness. It may feel like we've lost our zeal. We cannot give up. We have got to keep pouring back into the, into the ocean. Mounting up our strength and keep battling against culture. Keep battling against government. Because the church is going to win. The kingdom of God is going to win. Not the world. Everything else is going to pass away. And we need to quit feeling like we're defeated. We're not defeated. We're going to win. You know what? The devil's not in charge of nothing. We think we're just victims of Satan. No, we're not. God's going to put everything under his feet. He's in the process of putting everything under his feet. Satan's already defeated. The church is going to win. God and his kingdom is coming. Do you know that that's how uh, Jesus and John the Baptist taught? The kingdom of heaven is near. Repent. Repent. The kingdom's coming. We had better get our act right because the king's coming. And he's going to win. And I want to be a part of that. And I am a part of the eternal purpose of God. You may be picking up the pieces even this morning. You may feel like you failed. We're a part of the body of Christ and all things are under his feet. Whatever happens, you do not allow your breakup and your defeat to drive you away from God and become bitter. Keep going back to him because if you will stay connected, you are eventually going to win. It's a promise. There is one wave that can take it all down. Ephesians 4, 16. For whom the whole body of Christ fitly jointed together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. Every joint supplies something. That's a physical fact in your body that joints. That every joint in your body through the blood, it gives something to the rest of the body and it takes something from the body. And the joints are all vital parts of the physical body. Did you know the blood is taking things 
to parts of your body and it's removing things from parts of your body. It's not a one-way street. Every joint picks up something and every joint sends something. Do you see this? We are joint, we are fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth. I need you to see this morning that being connected is for the church's benefit also. We need you connected in the right joint so that the blood can flow correctly and so that we can have power. No one can fill that joint but you. You are the beneficiary. You, uh, When we become the church, we see it here. The whole body of Christ is fit together. And we've seen that the that it is the eternal purpose of God, the church, that is going to have victory. But I need you to see how important it is that you're a part. That's why today was such a vital day um, for our um, uh, tailgate party. But even tonight, I believe, is significant. That if you're not a part of life groups, you need to get to be a part. Pastor, why do you keep pushing this? Because if you don't get involved, if you don't get plugged into the blood... If you don't get plugged into the life, you're not going to have any roots to help hold you when the storm comes. Pastor, I come every Sunday. Yes, but you're not building relationship on Sunday. I wish we could figure out a way that on Sunday morning during this hour and 15 minutes that we can have worship, we can have the word, we can have the offering, but somehow get you joint, jointed, jointed, not joined but jointed, and we can't do it. It's good we're coming together corporately to worship, but we need the connection. We need to get joined because every joint supplieth. And where you're lacking in church is not from the word. It's not from the worship. It's not from the style. It's from you getting plugged into the church. That's where the lack is is falling short. Because you're not getting that nutrients that's coming from the blood and you're not giving back to it. And I don't mean money. Are you with me? You just can't do it on Sunday mornings. I think, I think, uh, Sunday school is a great, is a great start. I will tell you, nothing replaces serving. Nothing replaces serving. I'll tell you, the Lord really did not start moving in my life until I started serving. You may say, Pastor, where do I serve? I don't know. Ask the Lord. Ask one of your pastors. Ask a Sunday school teacher. Ask a deacon. Find a way to serve. You don't realize that you're going to think that the church is just going to benefit by your work. You're going to benefit. God's called you to serve. I want you to figure out how to get connected to the corporate ocean. Because the corporate ocean is going to win. And when the storm comes and we want to get offended, you are going to have your roots planted so that you don't just get washed up like a sandcastle gets washed up on the beach, like it never was even there. We have to be based in relationship. We have to be joined together as a body. It's good. hope you can hear me. Every joint supplies something. And we are all a part of the body of Christ. 
that's sometimes we start thinking that it's just our church, our way of trying to win Cookville. It's not. We've got Trinity Assembly. We've got Trinity Baptist Church. We've got the Assemblies of God. We've got the Baptists. We've got the Methodists. We've got the Catholics. We've got the Episcopalians. We've got the Presbyterians. You name it. We've all got something to give and we've all got something to take. That's why we need each other. We may be different in style or approach, but we're all a part of the same body. And you know what? I may not get everybody. Church on the Hill may not get everybody. They may not get everybody. But we're all a part of that corporate ocean that is going to win. Our waves may be hitting in failure, but the church is going to win. The church is going to win. I'm going to give you one example this morning. We may not live in our lifetime to see everything fulfilled that God has promised to you. Let me give you an example. If, you, if we could ask Abraham right now. Abraham was told, your seed, your children will be like the sands of the seashore. Your longevity, your family will be as numerous as the sands and the stars in heaven. You know, when he died, he only saw Isaac and maybe, maybe his grandson Jacob. They don't even think he lived long enough to see his own grandson. He was given a promise, and if you look in the natural, when his wave hit the, hit the mountain, it was like it was a failure. Abraham, they said that guy's seed would be on the, like the sands of the seashore, but he's only got one baby. He's 100 years old, and his wife's 99 and counting. And they think they're going to have a mighty nation, a father of many nations. That's what his name means, a father of many nations. He actually thinks there's going to be a nation in existence because of his seed. Can you just imagine what the people were saying? What a joke. That old man? No way. And now if you look at him, if you could interview Abraham this morning and say, yes, when I died, I only saw one baby and it looked like my wave had crashed in failure. But Galatians chapter 3 says, if you're a believer of Christ, you are the seed of Abraham. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. It may have looked like in the natural, Abraham couldn't see it. But Abraham wasn't saved by the law. He was saved by faith. Before we even had Jesus, he was saved by faith. And he believed. And you know, right now there's a nation in, in it called Israel. And there's three to five million people in Israel right now. And nobody gave him a chance. It looked like his wave had crashed in failure. But oh, the tide of billions of Christians in the earth that all point back to Father Abraham. What I'm saying is you may not live to see it. But if you will keep connected to the family. Maybe you've got loved ones who haven't given their heart to Jesus. But keep connecting to the family. Maybe you've got a husband who won't serve God. Maybe you've got a wife who won't serve God. Maybe you keep trying and it feels like you're breaking in failure. But there's a place where the church is going to win in your family. The tide is going to win. Where general curses are going to be broken in your family. We're prisoners of the immediate. We want instant gratification. We are a microwave generation, but you know what? We serve a crockpot God. He plugs that sucker in and walks away from it for a little while. 
where if I don't have my muffin in 20 seconds, I'm mad. God says, oh, no, it's not ready yet. It's not ready yet. And it doesn't happen instantly. But the eternal purpose of God for your home, the eternal purpose of God for your life is not an instant thing. It requires brokenness. It requires seasons of going. It requires going going through sometimes when it seems like nothing is happening. I think that we've got a lot of people here today where it seems like you've been pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing is happening. But if you will keep going back to the source. Keep going back to God's purpose and God's plan. God loves to be reminded of his promise. And he loves you to remind him. He loves for you to remind him. It's like when we're talking about offering. You know, I can feel like we're starting to get a little bit excited about offering. Maybe that's just me, but I kind of feel like we're starting to get it. God has a plan. And if we will trust him, he will prove himself faithful. Every time. And if we will not allow ourselves to get out from under the covering that God has given us, which is the church. You can see why people that get outside the church dry up because they're not jointed anymore. They don't have the nutrients coming into them anymore. We've got to stay connected. And we've got to be prepared. We've got to keep coming back to God and God saying, you know what, your failure might have hurt you right here, but if you'll stay connected, I'm going to make that work for you. Even that failure is going to turn around for your good if you will stay connected to the eternal purpose of God. Amen. Father, I just thank you for this morning. And Lord, I just ask you to help me. And Lord, I ask you to help our church. Lord, I ask you to help us to know that if we, we need to get connected. And Lord, you really didn't start moving in my life until I got connected. Lord, I got saved at a young age. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, Lord, at 17. But Lord, all of that did not even seem to have come to life until I started serving and get, got connected in the church. I chose to be disconnected for such a long time. And Lord, it was a painful time. But Lord, I thank you that you are a restorer. You are a redeemer. And Lord, I thank you that I can get in your purpose and plan right now and will have not missed anything. That you can fulfill everything that you desire to do in my life and in our church right now if we will just turn to you. Lord, I ask you to help us right now. Lord, there are those that are broken down and they're hurting feel like they just get beaten at every turn. Lord, I ask that your word would bring encouragement and strength. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord. Lord, I pray specifically for Church on the Hill and I pray for our community. Lord, that we start seeing victory. That the church starts seeing victory. That Church on the Hill, Lord, that this little church right down the street from us here, Lord, that the Pentecostal church over here in all good Lord, the Trinity Assembly and First Assembly in the River, Stephen Street, Washington Avenue, First Baptist Church. And I'm going to leave out a bunch, so don't, don't hold this to me, but uh, St. Michael's Episcopal Church, Lord, the Catholic Church, 
the First United Methodist, and Lord Livingston, First United Methodist, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, to stay connected and to not get offended. To not break out of what you called us to do, Lord, but to dig in. Testing doesn't mean to quit. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Father. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice that has never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity to do that today. Please don't take this lightly. It is the most important decision that you will ever make in your life. It's a decision of life and death. It says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But that if you'll confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Church, there is a heaven and a hell. And you're going to one of them. Would you give your heart to Jesus? It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Have you ever confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You may have gotten saved at five years old or think that you did. But if you have never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that means you speak it out of your mouth. Jesus Christ, you are my Lord and Savior. Then I ask you, do that today. Don't leave here without doing that today. y'all stand with me? Will those that are ministering come up? I'll give you. Hang on. During the praise and worship, and I couldn't see how it all fit, and I feel like I'm always giving a word, and so I hated to come and do it. But uh, when I started hearing him preach, I saw that the word that I was getting was fitting exactly with what he was going to say. Uh, for a while, we've been seeing that... Uh, the Lord has brought us into this place of intimacy with him where uh, he just loves on us. But now we feel him calling us out of this comfort zone as a nation, as families, and everywhere we are. We feel the Lord calling us out of the comfort zone. Do you feel God calling you out of the comfort zone? Well, when he came to the bride, he called her out of the comfort zone up on the mountain. That's where he called her, up on the mountain. And we think of the mountain a lot of times as being a, 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 a good place. But the mountain was the place of difficulty. The mountains and the hills were the places that he called us to overcome. Uh, he came to her up on the hills and over the mountains. And he's saying, come away with me up on the hills and over the mountains. Will you embrace the difficulty? Will you embrace the difficulty and come with me? up on the hill and over the mountain. It's like Peter stepping out of the water into that raging sea. And it takes a step of faith. And then yesterday, the Lord showed me this verse. I, knew, I mean, you all know it, and we've seen it before, but I'd never seen it in this light. It's Micah 4. Now it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. The mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains. The mountain of the Lord's house oh is going to be established on top of like these mountains like that. that we are facing right now and see, shall see, be see. exalted above the hills and peoples shall flow to it. Many nations shall come and say, Come, 
Let us go up the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. So come on, let's go up the mountain. Amen. Let's go. That's right. That's right. Thank you, Lord. We desire to go up your mountain, Lord. Lord, we desire to pursue you, Father. You desire for us to pursue you, Lord. Just ask you right now, church, make a decision to start pursuing the Lord. Pursuing the Lord. Come, let us go up the mountain. Come, let us go to the Lord. Come, let us go up the mountain. Thank you, Lord. If if you have a prayer need this morning, if you need somebody to pray with you for any reason, whether it's health or finances or emotional or maybe it's family-oriented, maybe you've just not been able to plug into the church, maybe you want to give your heart to Jesus this morning, would you walk this aisle this morning? Believe with, with us. We're going to lay hands on you and pray with you and believe for your breakthrough. In Jesus' name, amen.